e-commerce by itself is is no longer enough. Uh, where we have brick and mortar presence in those places, um, our sales are higher. PIM allows us uh, having a proper PIM allows us to expand our brick and mortar presence exponentially. And we are back for Series 3 of Transformation Stories from the award-winning Beltec Cafe. This series, we're talking innovation, commerce, emotive marketing, and career changes. We'll also dip into trends in fintech, digital health, retail, mobility, manufacturing, and speak to CEOs, CDOs, SMEs, and lots of other acronyms too. As always, you can expect gloriously unscripted discussions that shed an open and transparent light on the ebb and flow of our digital world. I'm Tizzy Philp, and welcome to the podcast. Our transition from reliable brick and mortar to the intensity of e-commerce to the acceleration of omnichannel experiences has been a relatively rapid one. With so much change and with increasingly demanding customer expectations comes a need for brands to not only keep up, but to always be a few steps ahead. But when change is so fast, how can they make sure that they're making the decisions that will make the most valuable long-term impact for their businesses? How can they make sure that they are best supporting the needs of their consumers? And how can they make sure that they're transforming in the right way? In today's conversation, I'm joined by Ki Song, Director of E-Commerce Development at Sporting Goods Retailer Monkey Sports. Together, we'll talk about the challenges that they've encountered as part of their own transformation journey and why their PXM strategy in particular was so vital in helping them to succeed. So Ki, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Hello. Let's begin with some introductions. Tell us more about you, your experience, and your current role at Monkey Sports. All right. Thank you. Um, so my name is Ki Song, uh, and I am the Director of E-Commerce Development at Monkey Sports. I've been in the e-commerce space in general for 19 years now, so mostly from a technical perspective. Um, I say mostly because in the companies I've worked at so far, I've always had to wear multiple hats, so it's not always just limited to technical. Um, I joined the Monkey Sports team in 2012. So let me tell you a little bit about Monkey Sports. In 1999, uh, Monkey Sports started in Southern California at a small mom-and-pop brick-and-mortar hockey equipment store. Like many other retailers at that time, our CEO saw a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to expand the business into the e-commerce world. Monkey Sports was the original hockey specialty e-commerce store. It proved to be the right move. We quickly became the largest hockey retailer in the world. And one of the original claims to fame that we have is that we have the most hockey sticks in our warehouse in the world. So we have more hockey sticks in our warehouse than anywhere else in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know the number? Uh, I don't know, but it, if <laughs> oh, we have a 300,000 square foot warehouse. Um, okay, so um, we can so guess. It's huge, yeah. As our co- company began to grow, uh, we expanded our product offerings into two additional sports, uh, baseball and lacrosse. We also expanded our business internationally into Sweden and most recently into Canada. 
we currently have six e-commerce properties and nine brick and mortar stores around the world. So if we f fast forward to 2010, um, the e-commerce platform we were on at the time was the e Yahoo e-commerce platform. That's right. Uh, Yahoo had, and maybe still has, I don't know for sure, its own e-commerce platform. It had a lot of great features and met our needs up to that point, uh, but we started to realize the limitations of that platform. It really left us wanting more. Specifically, it lacked customizability and the support needed from both the core Yahoo team and third-party Yahoo um, developers. It provided a ton of flexibility, um, but it didn't have enough guardrails to prevent us from making catastrophic architectural mistakes. So uh, around 2010, we decided to migrate to the Magento platform. It's now called the Adobe Commerce platform. Magento promised unlimited customizability that could either be accomplished through the vast selection of third-party extensions or when required through custom code since it's open source. So the idea of Magento was perfect for us. We made the transition. Just like any other project or migration project, uh, we needed a tool to migrate our product catalog data from the Yahoo platform to the Magento platform. Uh, we created a tool called Pac-Man, or we, we call it, um, it's, it's an acronym for Product Attribute Category Manager. Uh, to help with the data migration. It did the job pretty well, uh, but as I said earlier, because of the architectural mistakes that were made on the Yahoo platform, uh, our Magento 1, at least the Magento 1 implementation, uh, left us wanting so much more. I think it's a beautiful thing when an acronym works so well. Yeah. <laughs> that you were able to make Pac-Man work is a miracle. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Amazing background. Thank you. That's set the scene perfectly. In the introduction, I made reference to the impact of your PXM strategy, and you've just also kind of touched on it there in defining the success of your transformation. But there'll be lots of people who are listening to this who are less familiar with product experience management or PXM. We have recorded another podcast that talks specifically about PXM, but tell us what it means to you. Okay. Uh, so to me, PIM or PXM it, it's, it's still kind of an evolving, growing concept or a space. PIM or Product informa Information Management or PXM Product Experience Management, to me, it's a tool that allows companies like ours to manage in a central repository our merchandising data, whether that is product copy, product images, videos, uh, different attributes about a product, or other specifications of a product. All of that data is managed in one place while sourcing that data from multiple inbound sources and just as importantly, allows us to publish that data to multiple outbound sources. Uh, one thing I would say is um, if you're still like a one channel, one catalog, one source retailer, it's possible that PIM or PXM, it could be overkill for you. But I would say that in this ever-changing omni-channel or multi-channel world, um, unless you're happy with the status quo of staying in that one channel, one catalog environment, 
you have to expand into multiple channels. You can't just stay stay in that one space. So whether it's e-commerce, uh, expanding into additional e-commerce um, uh, properties or additional brick and mortar stores or into marketplaces or on social media, um, really PIM is an invaluable tool. Great advice. And we're going to go into that in more detail then. So let's go deeper into some of the specific details of your PXM transformation specifically. What were the challenges you were experiencing before the PIM implementation? And how was that impacting your e-commerce and indeed your day-to-day operations as a business? Let me talk about two specific issues that we had with our first or our original PIM, Pac-Man. Number one is um, the data model or data architecture. You know, to this day, I'm still not 100% sure of the reason for this. Maybe it was a misunderstanding by the people that implemented our data model, the data architects, or maybe it was the way that we set up our attributes and attribute sets, or maybe it was an actual limitation of the Magento 1 code base in, in limiting the number of attributes and attribute sets that were allowed in that platform. Regardless, the data model we set up from day one was flawed. Uh, This led to all sorts of problems with us not being able to set up category filters on like product listing pages. It led to issues with duplicate and triplicate attribute option values, like, for example, shoe sizes that would come in eight, and then others that came in um, 7.0, and then some others that were spelled out E-I-G-H-T, um, that's just an example, or gray, G-R-A-Y versus G-R-E-Y, little things like that. I mean, it, it led to a poor, poor, poor user experience. And um, it really led us wanting more. Um, there were a ton of other data-related issues. It not only caused frustration uh, by our merchandising team in creating and maintaining the product catalog, but Ultimately, ultimately, it led to a poor user experience by our customers. That's number one, the data model and, and or data architecture. Number two was, um, with our original Pac-Man, was a slow process in adding new products and editing existing products. So to go a little bit deeper in, into this issue with product creation and editing, let me take a step back. Um, so Pac-Man, while... Pac-Man was developed by one in-house developer as purely a data migration tool. I mean, this tool, the original intent was to supposed to be used to migrate our data from Yahoo to Magento. Once the migration was done, Pac-Man was supposed to be sunsetted. But then when we got onto Magento 1, we, we quickly realized that without Pac-Man, it was impossible for us to create products in Magento since all of our products originated from our ERP and not from within Magento. So we needed a tool and a process that would help us sync products from our ERP to Magento reliably and quickly. Uh, Because I don't know if at that time um, PIMS existed, Pac-Man by default filled that role. But because it wasn't the original intent of that tool uh, to be the day-to-day PIM, it was slow, it was ineffective, it was extremely buggy. 
um, to be honest, because it was a proprietary application made by one guy, and because that one guy had so many other pressing tasks to complete, it really never evolved into a proper PIM. I mean, things like copy and pasting in, in, from one field to another didn't work in that tool. And to get that uh, fixed, it was impossible. It's, I don't think we ever got it fixed in, in the in multiple years that we used it. In short, we limped along with Pac-Man the entire time we were on Magento 1. It caused our merchandising team years of frustration and inefficient product management. And then in comes InRiver. Um, it could be InRiver, um, which, which is a PIM um, application. Uh, but I would say f uh, for anybody that's listening, any, any proper enterprise level PIM that fits your business needs could fill in this space. So when we migrated to Magento 2, in that, during that migration, we also decided to um, implement InRiver. And that was a lifesaver. And I'll, I'll go more into it a little bit later, but it was, it was a godsend for us to be able to have a proper enterprise level you know, PIM that had the proper guardrails and was built from the ground up with that intent in mind. Okay. So then we know the problem, the challenge that you were faced with, which sounds tricky. The mm -hmm. no copy and paste is <laughs> the thing of nightmares. Right. So I mean, categories would just, would just like <laughs> disappear overnight sometimes. We would come in one morning, an entire category, the entire baseball category would be gone. The category structure, it would just be gone. And then we would be like, what's going on? Where is it? And nobody would know. And we would just have to restore from backup because oh nobody knew what, what happened to it. Okay, yeah. so a definite need for something a bit more structured or, or a lot more structured. Mm -hmm. What difference then has the PIM made to your business? And were there challenges in reaching the stage that you're at today? Right. So, I mean, I'll, I'll, I have so many different things that... Um, we have lots of time. Yeah. So <laughs> I would say I can name at least six different things. So number one... Um, it's super easy to onboard new product merchandising, merchandising team members. Whereas with our previous PIM, or even with Yahoo, um, we had, with Yahoo, um, we had a whole room full of merchandising team members. I can't Each category. I'm using the word yeah. Yahoo in, yeah. <laughs> in this, but go on. We had maybe multiple, for example, just the hockey category, we had multiple merchandisers. For baseball, we had multiple. So every category, we had multiple merchandising managers. And then um, each person that was onboarded, it would take them, uh, not even exaggerating, several weeks to several months to be able to be comfortable enough with that process to be able to use it on their own. Don't even talk about Pac-Man. It took years, and even then, because it was such a buggy product, we could not reliably teach um, users how to use a tool. Sometimes they would click on a button to sync a product from Pac-Man to Magento, and they came up with some workaround, and they said, oh, for this scenario, you have to click the sync button twice. Or this other one, you only have to do it once. This other one, you have to wait until overnight to see if it worked. Whereas now, with InRiver, a proper PIM, within seconds of 
of um, making a cha change inside of the PIM, we see that reflected on the front end. Onboarding, it takes um, maybe a week or so. So we that process of onboarding new merchandising members is super easy. We've been able to reduce the number of headcount in that merchandising department as well. Now we have one per category, whereas before we, we used to have multiple per, per category. Number two, there are definitely guardrails. So this maybe to some, it could be a maybe a, a negative, but I, I think it's ultimately a positive. So kind of that example I gave before where people were able to put in anything as a value of a shoe size, um, a, a proper PIM like in River, allows us to define a set of um, attributes or attribute values that are allowed and kind of, kind of restricts them to that list. And if we need to add more, we add it, but there's a, a specific process to do that. For example, um, it, because for whatever reason, let's say a, a t-shirt came in only one color, red, then you know, in order for that t-shirt to be filterable on a category listing page, obviously that t-shirt would have to have some sort of attribute that says it's a red t-shirt. But before InRiver, because that t-shirt only came in red, they didn't add the color the attribute color of red into that product. So then when, when um, you filtered on a product category page for red, that shirt didn't come up. And people were surprised. They were like, why is that shirt not coming up? I said, well, you didn't fill in red. I said, okay, but it only comes in red. So why would I need to do that? <laughs> so that's the type of world we came from. Whereas now with these guardrails, where based on the product type, we require certain attributes to be populated with a set of attributes that are clearly defined. It's very easy to, to make sure that the product is complete before it's published to our e-commerce site. Uh, as an example, number three, uh, we are currently six months ahead of schedule for product enrichment, meaning the products that we need, we're in anticipating receiving as new products in our catalog, um, we're already six months ahead of schedule. We're six months ahead. Um, the integration between InRiver and our e-commerce platform is very robust and solid. N none of this having to sync, press the sync button multiple times to hope that it syncs properly. We have full confidence that if you update a product in, in the PIM, then it'll get updated in the e-commerce platform right now or in future other outbound channels. Um, we have full confidence in that. Um, kind of goes to the next point, you know, with a proper PIM, adding new inbound and outbound channels is relatively easy. Now I, I say relatively because there's still some amount of integration work that's needed when you're adding new inbound or outbound channels. But once that work is done, it's, it's done. We're, we're, and it's, the platform is built to support multiple inbound and outbound channels compared to whether it's, again, Yahoo or, or Pac-Man. It was made specifically for that platform. So if you want to add additional channels, oh, it's, you have to, I, I don't even know how you would go about it. You would have to build a Pac-Man 2 or something, I don't know, some, some other um, 
pin dedicated specifically for that new outbound or inbound channel. And like I said earlier, the final point is, it literally takes seconds to make a product data change in InRiver, our PIM, and see that reflected on our websites. Whereas before, I, I will be included in these email chains um, where, I don't know, a customer would call in and say that the image is incorrect. And then our customer service department would uh, send an email to the merchandising team telling them that, hey, this image is outdated. It, it could be the same product, but maybe they did some sort of an inline change. Where, well, before they would say, okay, we made the change and hopefully it'll, it'll be reflected on the front end tomorrow morning. Let's, let's keep our fingers crossed. Whereas now, um, I see that email. Within literally five minutes, it, um, the merchandising team sends an email back saying, hey, we're done. It's reflected on the front end. Done. Fixed. So those are at least the main things that I think we we have um, realized PIM allows us to, you know, make our business more efficient with fewer headcount, um, a lot less stress for the merchandising team, and then allows us to efficiently, and not without any pain, but with relatively little pain, adding additional channels, um, whether it's inbound or outbound to, to our business as we grow into multi-channel. I feel like I need to call out that this this podcast hasn't been sponsored by InRiver because, <laughs> I mean, the the no money has changed hands and InRiver <laughs> haven't actually been involved in us planning this at all. I feel like I need to call that out, but because really the results that you're talking about are, are and not to want to overuse a term, totally transformative for you as a business. You've, oh, just listed, you've just listed the ways there, but it makes you wonder how on earth you were functioning beforehand. Right. It was, it was, I would say at one point, maybe if we stayed kind of flat, our sales stay flat and we were happy with the status quo, maybe we could have limped along, but there's no way we, we could have imagined growing into um, additional channels. Yeah, the ability to yeah. scale just would not have been there. Right. Okay, and I'm assuming this has been transformative for you as well from a professional standpoint in what you've been what you've learned, what you've experienced, what you can take forward with that experience that you now have. Is there anything that you would have done differently? I mean, it sounds like it's gone brilliantly, but with that hindsight, anything? Um, the only thing I would say is I, for companies our size, now I could I would say what like I said earlier, if you're much smaller than us, then I'd, I think PIM um, is is really not necessary. Um, because if you're just working on one channel, one e-commerce site, let's say a Shopify site, and you only have a limited number of SKUs, then, then it's maybe overkill. Um, on the flip side, if you're a huge company, then you probably have a, you know, hundreds, thousands of developers that could probably build uh, a PIM from the ground up on their own and, and, and customize it for your, your business. But for, for companies like ours, kind of a small, medium-sized business, we're about a $100 million um, annual revenue business. Um, so companies our size, I would say we're in that space where we're not too small, but we're not big enough to have a room full of developers that can properly create a PIM in-house. So for us, I think 
the thing that I would have done differently, we would not have built that in-house PIM on our own. More and more, I'm realizing at the end of the day, even though the initial cost of a PIM, whether it's the cost of the product or that work that is needed to do that integration work, um, the time and investment that's needed to bring in a proper PIM is well worth the investment as opposed to what we actually did, which was say, hey, we could go in and build our own uh, PIM in-house and we should be fine. Yeah, that is not a scalable solution for companies of our size. So that's what I would have done differently. I would have, I would have from the beginning, looked for a PIM that is a, a, you know, an enterprise-level application from a, from a third party than try to build it on our own. But we still would have had to find a way to make the, the acronym Pac-Man fit yeah. in somewhere because I feel like all of our listeners have now been left with a visual of Pac-Man. And earlier for me, Pac-Man in a red T-shirt came up. Yeah. So, all right then. So obviously you now have this in place. You've understood and you could see the opportunities that it gives you, the efficiencies that it's driving. What do you therefore think the next steps are for you and for Monkey Sports? What is this enabling you to think about that maybe you weren't able to consider beforehand? Great question. So, so we're expanding into more channels um, initially. Um, right now, uh, we are in the middle of a project where we're not only using our PIM to uh, enrich our e-commerce catalog, but we're onboarding a new um, in-store point of sales um, application or platform. It's called New Store. And in that um, migration to a to New Store, uh, which is an omni-channel uh, point of sales platform that allows us to do things like uh, properly, uh, buy online pickup in-store, buy online return in-store, uh, shared rewards program, a shared gift card program, we call it, they call it clienteling or endless aisles. So you can uh, go into a store and, and, and if you don't have, we don't have that specific size or color that you're wanting in store, then using that platform to place an order directly in that iPhone app uh, for inventory that we have in another location and placing an order for that customer right then and there or client, that's endless aisle. Um, Clienteling is, hey, a customer can call in or email you and say, hey, I placed this order for, I don't know, this this shoe or that that T-shirt, um, and it's the wrong size. Can you um, change, uh, return it and exchange it for me and place an order for me? And we can do that right away. So what PIM will allow us to do is it's allowing us to relatively easily um, expand our catalog to um, a, a new outbound channel, which is a new store. Uh, we're going to expand into additional um, places, whether it's um, different marketplaces or using our PIM to populate our, our marketing uh, materials, whether it's uh, emails or SMS or um, online ads. Uh, whatever they are, um, we're expanding the outbound connections that we have with PIM um, to multiple channels so that we can grow. And this will allow us to, this PIM and, and just in general, 
will allow us to grow our footprint in the retail space. I think for us, what we're realizing is, you know, kind of going back to the beginning, we started out as a mom and pop retail store, went into e-commerce, and I think we're kind of doing almost a full circle where e-commerce by itself is is no longer enough. Uh, where we have brick and mortar presence in those places, um, our sales are higher compared to um, locations where our brick and mortar presence, um, we, we have none. So as we are, I would say our road to growth is expanding our uh, brick and mortar presence. And again, PIM allows us, uh, having a proper PIM allows us to expand our brick and mortar presence exponentially. I think we could make uh, another episode just on that topic alone of e-commerce not being enough and the difference that a brick and mortar has. This has been such a good conversation, Keith. Thank you so much for joining me. It's so succinct, so to the point. And again, like I say, not sponsored by InRiver, but it might as well be because the the uh, opportunities are clear. And I'm sure this will have been very helpful for people in a similar situation listening to the uh, the options that they have ahead of them. Thank you so much for joining me. We'll get you back in a couple of years and hear if you've met all of that, those goals and if your hockey stick collection has grown even more. <laughs> all right. Thank you. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the 25 Days of Transformation series from Valtech Cafe. If you enjoyed this podcast, then why not subscribe and keep up to date with all of the episodes in this series and a whole host of insights from the Valtech Cafe back catalogue. And if you'd like more information about what we do or to get in touch, why not visit us at valtech.com to find out the details. Until next time, thanks for listening.